Hi, hello. My name is Edwin. That's Dorian. This is Passive Pixels. I've introduced all three things that are important. Dorian, you take it from here. Raccoon. Yeah, I like raccoons. Do you like raccoons? I do like raccoons. Uh, they're uh, good little trash animals. Um, I think of one video where uh, some guy's going to like throw like a garbage bag in the dumpster and there's just like a hundred of them in there. And he's just like, well, fuck me. I guess I'm not throwing away my, my garbage now. <laughs> You want to know what's a classic video? The classic video is like these raccoons that are frozen in time and they play the halo music and then they have just this one raccoon who has his hands up and that's when you hear the music. Oh, I hope that raccoon is okay. Yeah, same. Uh, on that token, have you seen that video where uh, they do the where the guy's like in the washroom and like he's like locked in and then like all those people come in and uh, do the halo theme song just in oh front of the washroom? Oh my God. That, yeah, that's a good one. That feels like a really good, like, um, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you frame it, but you have to make it like a boys versus girls meme where it's like, I bet he's dreaming of cheating on me. And then it's just the guy on the other side of the bed. Like, could I get all my boys together in the bathroom to sing the Halo theme accurately? Hey, yeah, that's 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 a good one. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, there, there's a different version of it. Maybe it's like women in the bathroom. Talk about makeup. Talk about boys. Talk about periods. And then guys. Oh. Yeah, it's incredibly accurate. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, women, I want you to know that we are in there just sword fighting and singing the Halo theme. That's all we do in bathrooms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> List. Final Fantasy 16, Barry Lyndon, The Thin Red Line, Final Fantasy Type 0 HD, Wolfenstein The Old Blood, PSVR 2, Gran Turismo 7 and Tetris Effect, The Guardians Trilogy, Lost Seasons 4 and 5, Fast X, John Wick Chapter 4, Oppenheimer, primer and the dark crystal i didn't get to write dark crystal on here but i'm about to do that right now the dark nope that's daish dark there we go i spelled it right crystal there we go your list all right we've got uh, dragon quest 11 echoes of an elusive age conquers bad fur day coffee talk the last of us the tv series scream six oppenheimer blue valentine barry Lyndon, the thin red line kung fu panda the platform about time white noise mommy tree of life full metal jacket and amadeus okay i feel like this is what we need to do let's get the ones that we have in common together so barry linden the red line you can go into tree of life from there we could probably do final fantasy 16 then probably oppenheimer and then from there we just throw whatever we want sound good yeah it works for me perfect barry linden in cinema yeah, no, this movie is fucking incredible. <laughs> it, it's so funny, too, because I I said right before we watched it, I'm like, man, like, I really like I, I, I've i kind of done like a 180 on Kubrick. Not that I ever thought Kubrick was bad, but when I when I'd only different seen wavelengths. well, different wavelengths. And, you know, I can really appreciate like a, a film, a filmmaker's um what do you want to call it? Uh, filmography. I can really appreciate their filmography, but, you know, just be like, oh, but they've never like. I've never had like a 10 out of 10 from them. Like, I don't know. It just, whatever it's missed me. But uh, Barry Lyndon was the one that fucking broke through and probably the one I least expected to break through, but Holy fuck. That was a good movie. Same. Honestly, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just was like, well, Barry Lyndon, I've had this here. And the funny thing is that uh, there's another movie on your list that I always get confused with, with Barry Lyndon, which is Amadeus. 
You know, it's funny too because oh, well, we'll talk about Amadeus when we get to it. But if you had like told me like a couple weeks ago that I would like that, I, yeah, I could see the confusion there. And I've heard about those movies, and I would have sworn I would have bet money that Amadeus would have been more my shit than Barry Lyndon. But it didn't work out that way, and I was very surprised. God, Barry Lyndon is just a fucking scoundrel i love this man just everything that he does he's so self-interested and he's just he, like he's just the right amount of scoundrel where whatever this man does it's like i know you're not doing something so good but you make it so entertaining that i just am rooting for you at this point <laughs> it's the type of thing where i feel like if this kind of movie was made in 2000 like let's say now like if somebody was taking this original as an original idea and they were making it it'd be a fucking tv series like breaking bad where you just get this story of this guy slowly just like turning from like hero to anti-hero and just his entire life story but we got this in 1975 from fucking stanley kubrick uh and it, it looks like he fucking literally went back in time to make this like it's so authentic to the period and it's just it's fucking incredible have you seen my letterbox review for this? I'm very yeah, proud I, of it. No, yeah, no, I, I did, and it's that's yeah, spot on. <laughs> I, I want to read it because, like, it's one of those ones that, like, you have. Okay, I don't know if this happens to you, but do you, when you're watching a movie, do you like think of something and then you're like, "Ooh, that might end up being my review of the movie." Yeah. <laughs> all okay, the time. okay. Okay. All right. Well. Uh. So. Yeah, Barry Lyndon, I was just absolutely struck with everything that you were saying, too. Like, just the way this movie looks is insane. And, well, I'm going to repeat what everyone else said already, which is that this movie just looks like it's a painting every single time. Like, I, th the look of this movie is fucking insane. Uh, by the way, 75, not 79. And the thing is, is that the further back you go, the more insane it gets. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is my uh, my letterbox review. It was wild in the special features when they said, and here's the time machine Stanley used to go back and film Barry Lyndon, and then they never mentioned it again. Because, uh, yeah, but it's yeah. funny, but like, I wouldn't, if somebody told me that, like, yeah, he just hopped in a time machine and fucking directed this movie, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> it's so everything's just so authentic for the time period. And like you said, every shot's a painting and it's just beautiful. And, uh, you can just every like uh, Kubrick just had such like he just every shot. He knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish with in that movie. Uh, and it just caught it kept your attention the entire time, which for a three hour movie. Yes. I mean, not the easiest thing to do. All right. Here's what I'd like to do. I would like it if people who uh, make Blu-rays, I would like it if you included like uh, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can check the back of a cover so you can get an idea um okay so like at the bottom it says okay i'm looking at my watchman steelbook right now uh not rated this blu-ray is copyright protected it has a canadian rating it tells me what audio codex it uses dts master audio 527 minutes can we include if a, a movie has an intermission can we include that at the bottom because like i felt really bad because like i was like okay it's a three-hour movie i'm gonna give myself a small intermission to go get some snacks and then i go in the middle and then I come back and there's an intermission later. I was like, well, shit, I wish I knew there was an intermission. I would have liked to have taken part in the intermission and go get my snacks then. Which, by the way, the movie just being like two chapters. Like it's I love how just this movie is so confident and it just presents it like nothing. It's like Barry Lyndon's rise. You're like, cool. All right. 
intermission chapter two this is how he fucks it up and you're like oh (laughs) (laughs) oh all right (laughs) yeah no it's it's brilliantly done Uh, i agree with the intermission thing although i just kind of I, I mean, I, I I kind of movies back then, like, I mean, the 70s actually, I guess, was a little bit lighter. I would say anything 50s, 60s, if it's over three hours, I just expect an intermission. But uh, by 70s, yeah, it's a little more sketch. I guess you don't know for sure. Like, um, look, The Godfather. But, the Godfather is yeah. the 70s movie, and I don't think that has an intermission. No. It, well, no, no, it doesn't. It might have been theaters, but I don't. It definitely doesn't on home release. So mm, I, I well, mm, define what you mean by in theaters. I thought they might have had it originally in theaters, like not okay. like on re-releases or anything. Like I think when okay. it first came out, it might have, but I could be making that up. Like yeah. source, I made it up. I don't know for sure. <laughs> source, I made it up. Um, I, I, it just seems like something that I heard before, but that could be bullshit. No, no, because I did watch it in theaters. And, oh yeah, I uh, watched. I watched in theaters too, and there definitely wasn't an intermission. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Barry Lyndon, just what a fantastic movie! Like oh, yeah. every Give single me a 4K, time. Please. Oh God! Please don't do that, because like this is this is a this is gonna be a victim of the shelf. This is a victim of the shelf where like I love this movie, I respect this movie, but I I don't know. I just I can't find that extra thing because like I feel like if I put it on the shelf, it's gonna end up becoming an easy one for me to cut. Which is like I'll watch it again, and be like, wow, hell yeah, that was great. You're getting cut. So like I'm I'm just cutting to the chase, and it hurts. A 4K of this, I probably would buy it again just so I could watch it again in 4K. Like, this movie is that gorgeous that I would just totally buy it again knowing I'm going to just watch it and then probably sell it off again. Because, like, this movie is that gorgeously shot. Yeah, this this movie's so good that if there was a 4K Criterion, uh, that would have been my review. would have just been me taking a screenshot of me purchasing it off of Amazon. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there is no 4K, and I'm trying to stay away from the Blu-rays right now. So we'll uh, we'll see eventually if I end up succumbing, but that's the only thing holding it off my shelf right now. Uh, have, you got, loved it, but. have you gotten to read the booklet? Of uh, which? No, I mean the Criterion. For which Criterion? I don't own it. Oh, you don't have it? Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, right. I, don't, I don't own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't own it, unfortunately. I would love to. So hopefully one day, but uh, yeah, no, I don't own it. I uh, I just rented it off of the, the Cineplex store. Okay, yeah, no, because I just remembered right now that like I watched it, I loved it, but because I got interrupted with the girls coming home, uh, the, it's funny because like there's a scene around the end when they're talking about like taxes or something and someone is getting laid off. Uh, you, you, I'm pretty sure, will remember that, and if anyone else remembers the movie, hopefully it clicks in. Uh, and when that person leaves in a huff when the door closes that's immediately when my wife comes in and drops the baby on my lap i was like oh that's perfect timing <laughs> and my, my wife thought i was being sarcastic with her she's like what are you talking about i was like no 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 i mean like literally this character just closed the door and then she showed up like this is hilarious <laughs> she's just like mm. like it's okay it's okay whatever she can sit here with me and she can watch some cinema with me that's fine that's fine there's no problem with that um but yeah, uh, also, every single time that this movie starts off with the zoom in and then just slowly zooms out, ooh, ooh, that's when we knew that Kubrick knew he was fucking feeling himself on those shots. Oh, just, uh, it's so, it almost makes me a little bit sad that we're just mostly talking about the visuals of this movie. Uh, when, yeah, there's so much to it. But like, no, everything is well acted. And of course, just the actor for Barry Lyndon is carrying this movie so fucking hard, but he doesn't have to because everyone else in the cast is doing great. Uh, I, I just want to mention it vaguely. 
the beatdown um, somewhere around the halfway mark a little bit further. <laughs> Dude, that scene is awesome. Oh, my God. I just I love how it's this good little movie of just you see all this bourgeoisie and it's all just so banal and wait banal yeah i think that's how you pronounce that word it's all just so pointless and all these people are just putting this on and that beat down is the moment that's just it's a nice reminder of like no no all of you guys are still apes you're just dressed to make yourselves forget that it's, ugh, it's so good yeah i agree it's just wild to me like looking at kubrick's filmography like i know everyone said this and it's not exact. i'm not about to make some fucking crazy point that no one's made before this is very common knowledge but you know you look at spartacus to lolita till dr strangelove to 2001 to clockwork orange to barry linden to the shining to full metal jacket to eyes wide shut and every single one of those movies feels so different from one another they're different uh, in a good way yeah they are they're just they're i didn't know different. oh my god i know right and, have you thought about writing a book i know right but it still <laughs> feels you know it still feels like it's they've all they've all just what they have in common is that they're just shot by like a, a an amazing director. Which, by the way, when we were bundling everything together, we got to talk about the Full Metal Jacket too. After this, because that's Kubrick as well. But because mm. I watched that too. Actually, we can transition into that. Like after this one, like that's completely fine. Sure. Yeah, no that, that makes sense. But because yeah, I, I finally watched that and finished my my Kubrick watches. Mm. I'm sorry, I haven't really drank that much water today. So now this water that I'm having tastes delicious. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> No, no, like you don't understand. Like I drink triple digits of ounces worth of water, so like I'm, I'm. I mean, you have to with with that fucking heat in Texas. Yes, yes, but also you know, new house insulation. I keep this bitch at like seventy three, which you know is a lot cooler than most people. Uh, my parents would consider seventy eight a cold front, so you know that's that's how they kind of live. And uh, no, uh, is there anything else about Barry Lyndon? Uh, of course, costume design, gorgeous lighting, which, you know, the classic line about this movie is that it was all done with natural lighting, which definitely helps feel make the movie feel way more authentic because like you're in these inside buildings and it's all lighting that like if you've watched a movie before, you're just like, this is different. And I like if you know why, it's completely obvious why. But if you don't, it's just like, oh, this is different. And it's just... I can't imagine how fucking annoying it must have been to shoot the movies with natural lighting like that. But, oh, my God, does it fucking pay off? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth the effort that was put into that sort of thing, I feel. And just another, you know, I think just Kubrick's always willing to go that extra mile to do whatever he thinks he needs to do to make his movie work. <laughs> and it uh, it really worked in Barry Lyndon's case. All right. So, Kino out of 10. The absolute cinematic. Yeah, five minus. out of five. Yeah, we're on five. we're on the same page. Five star and a heart. I just I'm I'm happy to give this movie all the praise that it needs. Yeah, one of my I mean, like I said, it's my favorite Kubrick movie now. Uh, which same. I really like I really, really like The Shining. So uh, yep. which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So for it to pass that is no joke for me, but yeah, it's it's incredible. You beat me to it. I was about to call you you being a horror simp, and yeah. of course, uh don't forget to tune in to uh an hour to kill the, the <laughs> eight, nine nine PM Central eight Eastern. That's probably backwards. Who cares? Whatever. Uh <laughs> so for it to beat that for you, and that's like that's that horror royalty. So like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Which, you know, 
fucking uh you know kubrick kubrick makes one stop in horror fucking dunks his nuts all over the genre with the shining and the next it's like it's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, it doesn't explain a thing leaves yeah exactly uh so yeah i guess we'll just transition right into full metal jacket then uh which i watched for the first time obviously 1987 directed by stanley kubrick um starring matthew modine Alan, adam baldwin and of course vincent d onofrio probably said it wrong but as usual yeah, and of I, course, i've heard it d'onofrio d'onofrio okay and of course like, Ari. don't think about it you just go into it Ari. yeah um this honestly might <sighs> okay when I say favorite war movie, I want to make it clear. I mean war when I when I consider what I consider a war movie is when it goes boom boom when there's boom boom. For instance, Schindler's List. I'm not, yes, it takes place in war time, but I'm not considering it <laughs> a war movie. If God, okay, hold on, hold on. I know you're going with your explanation. I just want to see yeah. if I can guess the end, which is that because the second half has the boom boom, you're going to oh. give it your favorite one because the first half. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, and, and it's it's either this or Saving Private Ryan. Um, but yeah, the, the so first of all, let me let me be clear. I actually like the second half of the movie. I think it's good. I, yeah, I, it's I don't good. want to shit on it. It's good. It's good. The but poem the is the first, first half. half of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! It does, the <laughs> yeah. first half of this movie is a five out of fucking five, man. Like it you is just it. absolutely. Like this is this might be some of the best works work of Kubrick's career. The first half of this movie. Um, it's just it's Matthew Modine uh, who plays Private Joker, and basically you get a fucking uh, incredible work by uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman whipping these maggots into shape, and you just get like this intense look at boot camp, and it's. I mean, if you've seen this movie, you know, it's fucking incredible. Uh, and you just kind of get the one guy played by Vincent uh, Private Pyle, who you just see him. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but you just kind of see him go through the ringer a bit and get his story. Uh, and it's fucking incredible. man! like, holy shit. I was not expecting that. I'm glad I went into this movie completely unspoiled. Uh, besides, you know, hearing a couple of famous lines from the movie, but that was in just, just incredible shit. Vincent D'Onofrio oh. is probably now tied for the best Kubrick stare with Jack Nicholson, at least from what oh, I, yeah. the ones I've seen so far. So like, oh, absolutely. you're going toe to toe with Jack Nicholson for the Kubrick stare. Oh boy. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying at this point, I haven't watched, I haven't watched eyes wide shut, but I'm just saying if they give Tom Cruise the, the Kubrick stare in that one, I don't know. We might have another contender, but I'm just saying Vincent D'Onofrio, that's the kind of shit you're dealing with this in this movie to get a Jack Nicholson match on the Kubrick stare cinema. Oh my God. Just, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's just like, uh, when he was on set here, he's just like, all right, Vincent, uh, you watch The Shining, right? Yeah, just do that. Just, just do Jack. Just do just do that. You're good. Wait, hold on. Is that ti- <laughs> does that timing work? When was well? Well, Full, Full Metal Jack was after, so he could have uh, he, he could have just referenced back to that. Eighty seven, dude. It's okay. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing about just Kubrick's movies in general. I can't really okay. I think The Shining might be the only one that like my brain can. No, that's not right. No, okay, no, nope, okay, never mind, that's not true. Then I will just caveat my statement by saying some Kubrick movies, I just have a hard time placing the timing for them. So, okay, Dr. Strangelove, uh, Blades of Glory, no, Paths of Glory? Paths of Glory. Paths, okay. Yeah, Paths of Glory, um, Spartacus, like all those, oh yeah, 50s, 60s, uh, Shining, 80s, Eyes Wide Shut, 90s. 
every other movie you can just throw on a like on a dartboard and i don't think i'd be able to tell you specifically what even decade it is and i i know i have bad memory and all that oh 2001 late 60s uh but like everything else i feel like kubrick is just good about this timelessness quality to how he makes these movies because like again barry linden the time machine man like you could just make that movie now no one will because you know (laughs) all you guys fucking suck um you can make that movie right now and it would look exactly the same and i just wouldn't be able to tell the only thing that you would be able to tell as a difference is probably just the fact that the camera isn't as crisp that's really it but man just kubrick this man you know (laughs) i was about to say something stupid this man has it like like no one else fucking knows but yeah man full metal jacket that first half is just it i don't want to disparage the second half the second half is good oh, and it's the good. second half it is, good. is needed to wrap up like yes. what the point of the movie is yeah 100%. but also you know that first hour is enough to put a whole bunch of other movies to fucking shame to- in totality <laughs> no 100 like the first half the, the first half is just some of the best I mean, I would say, I don't even want to say a war movie, just stuff I've seen in general. It's just, it's a masterpiece. It's so well done. Um, and yeah, the second half is good too. It's just when you've got a first half that incredible. Uh, yeah, it's not as good, but it's still a good movie. Uh, but yeah, the second half is strong too. Then you get the actual boom, boom, shoot, shoot stuff. Uh, you get the message of the movie across. Um, how, uh, I mean, very minor spoiler. If you don't want to hear this, skip ahead five seconds. I'm doing your bullshit right now, right now. How fucking the, the, this got past Disney lawyers. I don't know what the Mickey Mouse bullshit at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's so much to, to love about this movie and just watching, you know, Barry Lyndon and then this close by, I really got to get these fucking four K's of Kubrick's I don't have because these movies are just great. And I'd like to do a rewatch at some point because they're really, I mean, the closest, the closest fucking director we have to him now would be somebody like Paul Thomas Anderson, who just feels like he makes something wholly unique every time he makes a movie. Um, but there's just no one like Kubrick. Like, it's just incredible. how Everything just feels so detached and different from each other. And I love it. I, I don't know why I have that exclamation. I think it's just that, Having finished his filmography, I'm just like, damn, man, I don't have another Paul Thomas Anderson until Paul Thomas Anderson makes another one. So I'm just like, I think I'm lamenting that I don't have a spare one to go to. But also, I that's me with Kubrick now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, really? Like, uh, okay, no, I mean. I'm assuming you haven't watched like the first two he has or uh, no, I've watched everything. The only one I haven't watched is killer's kids, which is like an hour long and I'll watch it at some point, but uh, literally everything else I've watched of his now. So how is Lolita? Uh, Lolita's fine. Uh, so to be fair with Lolita, I have not watched that one in since I was fucking oh, okay. 18, 19. So that's probably due for a rewatch, but I remember liking it. Not bad. Um, definitely lower in Kubrick, but it definitely needs a rewatch for me. Mm, okay. No, that's the thing. Cause like Lolita is always like this one where, you, you know, of course taboo, it's fucking baked into the cake, obviously. Um, but also I don't hear it talked about. I understand it's not top tier, but also, you know, is it like just ignored because it's taboo or is it ignored because it's, you know, lesser Kubrick? And I guess this one might be both. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, I need to rewatch it, but like for something like even the killing, which I, I mean, it's, I had never heard much about it. Uh, but when I watched that, I thought it was a fucking near masterpiece too. That's actually one of my favorite Kubrick movies. So 
I don't know, man. The guy is just, even when he's doing simpler stuff like that. And Lolita, although it's very taboo, um, it's actually a pretty simplistic story if you take a look at it from that perspective as well. So it's kind of, ironically enough, as taboo as it is, one of his more uh, down-to-earth ones for sure. It feels very, wait, okay. Okay, this is news to me. I'm looking at his filmography, and AI artificial intelligence is listed on here. Um, You know, didn't direct it, didn't write it, didn't produce it. And in the notes, it says the film is dedicated to Kubrick, who intended to create an adaption of the film. So intended. I I need to click on this now because I need to see if he actually did any work for it, because like, like, yeah, I don't Uh, think he knowing the story and I could be wrong about this. I, I think that was supposed to be his next project. I'm not sure how far along he got in it, but that was his movie. Uh, and then, of course, uh, he passed away. So it never happened. But OK, yeah, no, that it's um, Wikipedia. I feel like I'd argue this one being on the list because uh, blah, 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 blah. Development of AI began. Stanley Kubrick acquired the rights in early 1970s. Uh, he didn't like how CG looked currently, so he never worked on the movie. Uh he believed no child actor would convincingly portray one of the characters. In 95, Kubrick handed it to Spielberg and then did not gain momentum until his death in 99. So, yeah, no, no, I I don't like the idea of AI being included in this filmography. I feel like... You know, no, there's no, it shouldn't be. That's stupid. Like, yeah. It's dedicated to him. That's fine. I'm sure he had a lot to do with the inspiration of making it or whatever and getting it off the ground, maybe. But, yeah, he's not. He didn't do the movie, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, okay, uh, yeah, no, Full Metal Jacket, uh, Kino and Cinema out of ten. Uh, I don't think I would rebuy that one. I, I don't, it's yeah, it's a nicely shot movie, but you know, it's no fucking Barry Lyndon where I'd rebuy it for a four K for it. Yeah, it's a it's a rock solid four to uh, four to five for me. Great movie, enjoy the hell of it. Uh, all right, so uh, Thin Red Line, we're both going to beat up on this one right now. Um, I think you're a little, I somehow I think you're a little bit more positive on it, so you go ahead and start. Okay, no, 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 because no. like, uh, let's, let this is a dialogue, this is a dialogue. Y- you didn't like the, okay, look, we're, let's not bring up the Tree of Life. Let's really not, let's we'll try not that. to, because I, we'll I'm just... That. That one is going to be a really interesting conversation. <laughs> I already have bets on two words, and I will allow synonyms to show up as me proving my bet properly. Um, so how did you feel about the beginning of the movie? Well, funny enough, that that's probably like, okay. I mean, I... I, I... I didn't not like it. I thought it was fine. I actually, if I was to say a favorite part of the movie, that would be my favorite part of the movie because I was still actively engaged at that <laughs> part. Maybe to it. Fuck. I was about to say, cause you still had hope. <laughs> yeah. I still had hope. I was engaged. I was like, okay, let's see where this is going. Um, and then it just turns into a war movie, which is fine. We all know I'm not the biggest war movie guy. Uh, it just turns into that, but just fucking plotting and boring. I don't know, man. All right, so the beginning of that movie gave me what I liked. I'm not even going to invoke the name of the other one yet, uh, but it gave me what I liked. I just like the camera kind of serenely floating around. You got actors whispering just something that they believe is the hardest shit they've ever said in their lives. And it's just like, oh, the leaves and the grass, they live. I step on them. 
that's like me in this war and it's just like sure whatever man you want to be a can of beans and a and a bag that floats in the air hell yeah keep showing me pretty images and keep whispering i can do this for the rest of my life uh and then just it feels like it jumps across all these characters and i'm like okay all right we're getting set up that's fine they give them the little whispering narrations to kind of explain them okay cool we're, we're all on board and then at some point the movie just turns and to a war movie and i don't really feel like i'm getting anything from these characters it just sort of feels like they are in a war movie i am now here to see boom boom bang bang hey we're gonna go take out the nazis oh that's a japanese man oh he's gonna go and try to blow himself up and then like just this the first war scene that shows up the action scene i was it, it numbed me like that scene went on for so long that like i just kind of gave up hope for the movie and then when we finally slowed down again i just wasn't being fed the right imagery like i was i kind of enjoyed the beginning because i enjoyed like the just the camera floating around and the whispering of nothings and the movie didn't really give me that afterwards it just kind of fell more into the rhythm of just another war movie and I'm pretty sure there was scenes after that that fit the bill. But that war scene went on for so long. And then after that, this, I didn't really care about any of the characters. And I, it's just this movie was a miss for me. It's just, just completely and utterly a miss. And it just made me sad because on paper... This is where I will invoke it. On paper, the idea of Terrence Malick, after having only watched The Tree of Life, doing a war movie, like, those are two antithetical things. Terrence Malick just seems like the little weirdo who's in the corner. Like, that scene from American Beauty where it's just a bag floating in the wind, that feels like Terrence Malick. I don't understand if I mean that he would have shot that plastic bag or he is the plastic bag. I just mean that entire idea reminds me of Terrence Malick. And the idea of that making a war movie when each of them seems like the antithesis of each other, I would think, okay. That's a cool idea. Show me what you could do. The problem is that it feels like this is the Terrence Malick part. Here's the war movie part. Here's the Terrence Malick part. And then here's the war movie part when I would have liked to see what those two look like if you actually mix them together. Yeah. I mean, again, without talking about uh, Voldemort, which is coming up next, um, <laughs> I basically I dislike this movie for completely different reasons than I dislike the other movie. Um, for this one, I was just bored. I, I don't know what to say. And again, to be fair, I'm not a big war guy. So that's, you know, big, you know, grain of salt star or everything there. It's just maybe it wasn't going to be a good fit, which Side is note. why I really want I want to add this because when you were saying that you weren't a big war guy, I was curious and I was like, huh, what are my war movies? And the cool thing is, is that with Letterboxd, you can sort your entire like watch history by uh, genre. And I checked war movies. There are a couple that really don't fit. Is War for the Planet of the Apes really a war movie? Like, <laughs> no. no, it's not no. Letterbox, but fine, whatever. No. Sure, I'm not going to yeah. argue with it. But like, I look through, and I think this is the like the biggest like it's the made. It is the biggest major war movie that I don't like. <laughs> 
on Letterboxd, and it's like the only one. So like, I don't think I'm a big war guy. I just think I might be easy to please. And then this movie just didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say like I, one thing where we disagree on. I actually like the score here. I thought uh, Hans Zimmer did a good job. And I can't remember. I think. Yeah, no, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I dug the score. Um, incredibly well acted. Like great cast here. Like just across the board. Like so. Oh, many it's nineties A list. Yeah, no, 90s A was for sure. So really great cast there. Um, I was just put to sleep by the end of it. And I mean, it doesn't help. It's a three-hour movie. Uh, but again, it was just funny coming from Barry Lyndon, which even funnier for you because you watched these the same fucking day. Uh, I watched them like a day apart. But Barry Lyndon was basically the same length. And I was captivated the entire fucking time. This one, I just was already ready for it to be over halfway through. <laughs> okay, all right. I pulled it up just because this war list is like really wonky. Uh, Bridge on the River Kauai, understandable. Paths of Glory, Spartacus, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Doctor Strangelove, Barry Lyndon, The Deer Hunter, Apocalypse Now, Rambo. Red Dawn is one I don't like. I just got halfway through and was like, man, I really don't care. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, Graveyard of the Fireflies. Oh, sorry, Grave of the Fireflies, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. Then we reach some that I don't like, which is The Thin Red Line, Pearl Harbor, Master and Commander, I like. Uh, by the way, I'm just mentioning the ones I don't like, so you, you can fill it in from here. Uh, Master and Commander, The Last Samurai. These two were on here, but I haven't watched them recently enough to be like, mm, I like these. The Alamo and Hotel Rwanda. I like Troy. I don't think it's that good, but like, man, it's just it's really going for something. I don't like Kingdom of Heaven. Now the ones I like, Jarhead. Pan's Labyrinth, I, 300. Okay, yeah, I guess 300 just counts. No heart for 300, though. Tropic Thunder, Hurt Locker. I don't have a heart for Valkyrie because I don't remember it. Inglorious Bastards, The Imitation Game. No hearts for American Sniper or Hacksaw Ridge. War of the Planet of the Apes is here, but whatever. Dunkirk I like, Jojo Rabbit I like, and then 1917 I like. So, like, I think I'm an easy mark for war movies, at least based off of Letterboxd. So, like... Yeah, what happened here? <laughs> what happened here, Thin Red Line? I don't know. Uh, whatever it is, it didn't work for me either. Uh, especially, you know, compared to Full Metal Jacket. Like watching Full Metal Jacket, and this was oh just like <laughs> fucking completely fucking debuff. Yeah, just completely different experiences. Which obviously they're different movies going for different things. Don't get me wrong. Same genre but, uh, again. Same genre, and Full Metal Jacket could not, you know, look away. I was in in, in hand, entranced the entire time for this movie. Um, definitely not counting down the minutes on it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I will me. agree. I checked that one twice. I think I checked one time and I was halfway through and I was just like, oh, that's not good. And then I think I checked at the last 30 minutes. I was just like, oh, boy, this isn't. Yeah, there's good. one other movie. Well, actually, no, there's two other movies. One we'll talk about next. But then there's one other movie other than that uh where i was checking for time and yeah it's never never a good sign when you start checking for time it just I'm, I'm just look i'm just gonna spoil what movie that happened with me with, uh later on as well fast x by the way fast x oh my god holy shit are they oh boy was firing that director a really bad fucking idea uh but i'll talk about that later uh but yeah no no, no, no. uh this movie no <laughs> no out of ten yeah, we went uh, 2.5 out of 5 on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, please let me hit <laughs> bingo with the words that I think are going to be used to describe the tree of life. 
<laughs> ah, it's fucking pretentious, man. Pretentious <laughs> fucking dog shit. <laughs> All right. Um, look, it's funny. I got to tell a funny story here. But to tell the funny story and kind of frame this whole conversation, I have to do spoilers. So let me – we'll get to that in a minute. But – yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretentious dog shit. I fucking hate this movie. The more I sit on it, I don't like this movie. Um, I, I, I really got to go into spoilers to say more. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, Ed, I know you like this movie, so go ahead and suck it off a bit if you want. Then I'll, do I'll hold on, hold on. Look, look. I like this movie. It made it onto the shelf, but this is one that is currently in that pile of. Okay, I was high on you when I finished watching you. I'm going to give you another watch. I still want to rewatch it. For me, it's a vibe. It is this movie is like if you were light enough to get picked up by a breeze of wind and then just taken through a life. That's what this movie feels like. It be wait, actually, did that movie take place in Texas? Ah, uh, yeah, it is Texas. Okay, yeah, that shit. Well, that- <laughs> Chico. <laughs> oh, I do enjoy me a boyhood. I, it, Hold on. Does Letterbox have Texas as a genre? Because that'd be really cool. <laughs> it doesn't, but you should you should suggest that for like a pro feature. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Action, family, Texas. What the fuck is that doing there? What's your favorite just, Texas movie? Well, I enjoy a good boyhood and a good tree of life. <laughs> All of Wes Anderson's filmography is in there. It's like it doesn't take oh, place god. in Texas. It's like, well, we claim. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think I'm actually like a little bit softer on movies that do take place in Texas. I don't even live like in that rural urban area. Like I just live in a metropolitan area. I think now what I live in is technically the suburbs. So like I don't really have like a I remember living on the farms, but you like I don't have that feeling. But there's something about the, the Texas landscapes that just really speak to me. It might just be traveling that like my brain goes, ah, yeah, Uh, but no, no, Uh, I guess back to the statement I was making, if you were light enough to be picked up by a breeze of wind, it feels like you were just taken through memories of uh, Sean Penn and having Brad Pitt as his dad. And I I don't really think it needs much. And I, I vibe with it. It's just like, let's just chill out, man. Let's just treat this like the memories that it is. And yeah, I'm almost scared that when I rewatch it, I'm not going to have the patience for it because I'm just going to be like, okay, this isn't all new to me. So now I'm just like, I'm not in the mood to vibe, but I know that at least for that first viewing, uh, this is unfair to compare it to because like, you know, Dunkirk is uh, my opinion of Dunkirk is probably higher than Trio White, just because I think on a technical level, Dunkirk destroys this fucking movie, just shreds everything. Uh, But it's one of those things that the first viewing will always be special. So yeah, now this is where you go ahead and oh, it, it, I'm just waiting to see if you prove either <laughs> Poot or Moki right with what you're going to bring up. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I fucking hate this movie. There's my review. Uh, now we're going to spoilers. So three, two, one brad pitt's a horrible father okay oh um, okay here's okay. no well that's not it i just i i that's my spoiler you know oh, okay how do you really spoil right. this movie yeah, well i'll tell you how so here's my issue with this movie so about like 10 15 minutes and i'm like yeah! okay, there's not there's not there's, there's not much happening here but i'm not 
I don't hate it yet. Um, and then we start like getting these shots of space and all of this weird random shit that's very pretty, mind you. Don't get me wrong, very, very pretty. Uh, but all of this random shit starts happening. So I'm like, okay, well, this is boring. So I pull out my phone and I'm on my phone, which is already you a bad start. That quickly. I'm not checking for time. Well, I'm just look, I'm bad with movies. I multitask to begin with normally, unless it's fucking Barry Lyndon. But like I'm always kind of multitasking. So at that point, I was still paying attention. I hadn't given up completely. I was still paying attention. No, no that's, I was a, that's just, a defeat, man. No, no. I, 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 you do, I, I do this for so many movies, you don't even realize. Like you monster. more than I admit. No wonder you watch a bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, so so uh, it, but it went on for a bit it feels like so i'm like okay like come on so i look down at my phone for like a minute and i'm like scrolling through something i swear to god i'm not joking i'm scrolling through something and then i look back up and there's fucking dinosaurs on the screen you just proved them right you just proved putin me- and, right. I, and i'm like and i'm like and i literally i'm not joking i paused the movie at this point i'm like and I'm just kind of looking at it, and I'm looking at my screen. I'm like, did I put on fucking Jurassic Park by accident? I'm honestly confused. I'm like, wait, so I actually have to rewind. Where did these fucking dinosaurs come from? I fucking rewound the movie. No, no, they just they just fucking showed up. These random fucking dinosaurs in the middle of this, not in the middle, in the fucking start of this movie, fucking 20 minutes in, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, from that point, I was like, wow, I fucking hate this. Uh, so that point yeah that was that, that was defeat for me i tapped out there <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you, you almost hit word for word everything they said <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it was uh it was frustrating and yeah i just i after that it was just okay i don't fucking which by the way i understand why moki likes this now fucking dinosaur simp but uh <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I mean, I could, I can, I could put myself in the shoes of someone that if you just want to vibe with it, maybe you can enjoy this movie. But holy fuck, that's not me, man. I need something. I need a plot to care about, some characters to care about, something to hold on to. And uh, from the start, th- this movie gave me nothing. The, the only positive thing I have to say about it is when the movie decided it wanted to be a movie again. There were a couple of decent scenes with Brad Pitt and his kids that I did enjoy. Uh, and his mother, of course, played by the wonderful Jessica Chastain. But uh, it was just so fucking few and far between. Um, and, and then the, the 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 whole movie just, it ends with a wet fart that I just didn't give a shit. Holy oh fuck, I didn't God, care. It's shot so pretty. It's so, it's oh pretty. my God, it's, it's pretty. It's, I think it's, Sean it's Penn pretty. dies. Yeah, great. I, I wish you would have died two hours earlier so I didn't have to watch any of that shit. To, to be fair, you could probably read it that it's like his memories as he's dying, and for some reason he's thinking about dinosaurs too. I mean, great. That's that's wonderful. Maybe he was a big dinosaur fan. I I don't fucking know. Man. I just there was just nothing here for me in this movie. It's pretentious garbage. That you know, it's funny when I go on Letterboxd, I uh, I always kind of go into this rabbit hole where I'll be like, after a movie or sometimes during, because like I said, I'm horrible. I'll click through and be like, oh, I gotta add this to the watch list. Gotta add this to the watch list. But no, this is one of the rare movies where I went in and took movies off of my watch list because <laughs> I removed I removed Badlands and I removed uh, Days of Heaven off my watch list after this. Uh, no, I oh have no more interest in Malik. Um, 
whatsoever. And why the fuck does everybody whisper in his movies? Why are you I, all fucking whispering? Who are you whispering to? Why? Whisper to the audience, man. Do you know? Do you know how fucking deep it is the stuff we're saying? Do you know how important it is to what we're saying? So there was the dinosaur. The oh, were all doing a roar. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna do a slideshow of like nature while you speak right now, so I can get my own Terrence Malick movie. <laughs> um, no, I just I can't with this fucking movie. It's not for me. I'm very glad I didn't blind by this fucking Criterion or anything like that. Actually, by the way, in case you're wondering how I did watch this, uh, because it's not available to rent in Canada anywhere. Uh, I did not pirate it. In fact, I uh, I mooched my uh, I mooched my dad's Apple account again because he had a bunch Ooh. of movies on there that I wanted to watch. Uh, that he just buys everything fucking digitally. And apparently, at one point, you can't anymore, but you could buy the Tree of Life through Apple, and he did. So that's how I watched him. Wow. Okay. Um. So is your dad gonna try and kill you? He's like, I brought you into this world. I'm gonna take you out because of the Tree of Life slander, or what? He hasn't seen it actually. He he just, <laughs> he, wanted, he he bought so those. much shit. Yeah, he just buys so much fucking shit that he hasn't watched. And to be honest, since I've started on my big, uh, I don't want to say a, a movie, well, whatever, my movie phase, I've just been telling him about a bunch of shit. So he just goes and buys randomly shit. I don't think I ever talked about Malik with him, though. So this one was all on him. Just, I'm just talking about it. Now I feel like I kind of want to watch this tomorrow. I feel like I just want to have a vibe. Like, I just want to hang out. And by the way, the entire space scenes and all that, the orchestra music, I was just like, honestly, if that orchestra music wasn't on, I'd just be like, okay, can we fucking get on with it? Because, like, I feel like that scene could get too close to Enter the Void, where, like, Enter the Void, wait, you've seen it, right? Oh, I haven't, actually. Okay, well, Enter the Void, you're probably going to fucking hate it. You're going to abhor it, because, like, it would, honestly, I think I fast-forwarded, and, like, I think nothing basically happens in, the 20, in, like, the first 20 minutes. And, uh, well, it's Gaspar Noe, and, you know, he's irreversible, oh, so he's a man who just yeah. goes on for too long. Um, yeah, that's that's already off for me. Like it, the only like I might I might watch climax one day. Oh, no, 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 you you would love climax. To, you would love. Uh, climax. I'll give. I might give into peer pressure on that one and watch it one day, but uh, I doubt I'll watch anything else from him. So no, 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 at Addy, Addy, I'm just I'm I'm putting my finger on the scale for this one. Hold out for climax. If you don't get filtered by like the first fifteen or twenty, you are going to really like climax. Well, and to be, and to be fair, my my aversion to climax isn't uh, like that. I hate Gaspar No anything. I actually like Irreversible. Well, like is a strong word. Okay, but, well, uh, we respect it. We respect uh, it, I, I, but I, also I respect, fuck you. I, I respect Irreversible, but it was a yeah. I don't want to watch anything from you ever again. So fuck off now. <laughs> um, that's why I have not watched climax. Nothing to do with the quality of the man. So uh, let me be clear. Oh, which I, th- I thought the sentence was going to keep going up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm good. Uh, but I'm done talking about Tree of Life. One out of five. Yeah, uh, Tree of Life. I might put that on tomorrow, man. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I watched two movies today, so that's you know that's that's a miracle. So yeah, uh, I um, guess can I steal? Can I steal one more? Because I got I, if we're if yeah, we're on a if we're not on a negative boring train and just bad movies, I want to talk about this one next because everything else I actually. Am, fairly positive on but i watched fine. i'll put fast uh, after this then great i watched white noise uh this was made okay. in actually just the start of this year directed by noah bombach obviously oh, the no. great director of marriage story uh francis haw uh the the writer of, of uh barbie, of course. Of barbie yes of course um uh, 
this movie sucked. Holy fuck, this movie sucked. Uh, and it's so weird to me, too, because I, 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 get, I really like Mara's story. Uh, I've liked everything I've seen of Noah so far, and he's a great writer. Uh, but I have no idea what he was thinking with this one. Now, from what I've seen, it is based off a book. And from doing a little bit of Googling, everyone's like, yeah, that's basically the book. I don't know why he chose to do this. So oh. it sounds like it's a problem that roots from the like it's just from the material itself. But anyways, it stars Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, Don Cheadle, who's the best part of this movie by far. Um, it's about like a it's about. OK, he's the professor of Hitler studies uh, and father to force. Hold on. That's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. I went into ro- into the wrong field. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, and father to four children, uh, a chemical spill happens in his town, and he's basically just confronted with his immortality and some other bullshit. Um, again, it's just boring. Not a lot happens, it feels like, for the first... Like, like I was, I said, I think somewhere 40 minutes into this movie, something has finally happened. Like there's been a notable event, you know, at least fucking tree of life had like dinosaurs roaring around, I guess, 25. Oh, fuck. I can't say that's a spoiler. Cut that out. Uh, And I do do want that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not going to cut it out just because someone listening to this is going to hear that and go, what the (laughs) fuck is that movie? I'm going to watch this right now. Yeah, no shit, eh? But at least that had something interesting, which I, I don't get me wrong. I, I fucking hate that movie more than this. But hold on, hold on. You the- might be saving someone though, because if they yeah, know maybe. that, they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, I wasn't thrown off by that." And then the rest of the movie, I was just like, "Okay." Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, it's just I don't know what he was thinking with this. This this movie is the perfect example to me that you know maybe some filmmakers need a little bit of creative control like or like a little studio control because obviously this is a netflix joint so he could just do whatever he wanted uh but to be fair marriage story was also a netflix joint and that movie rocked so i don't fucking know but yeah this was just um, a complete and utter miss for me adam driver he's had a bad year man between this and 65 like I don't know oh, what yeah. he's thinking of some of these choices, man. Cause yeah, just not a good look, year look, for him at all. It's it's as long as it's not star Wars, he's making that. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And don't get me wrong. It's better than fucking those movies, but it, not by much. Uh, yeah. Just totally forgettable. I, I cannot recommend this to anyone. Even if you're a huge Bombach fan, I, I don't find much to like here. And to be fair, I've only seen two of his other movies. He is a director. I do want to drive into more. Like I know Francis Haas apparently very good. And that's on my list to be watched soon. But uh, yeah, this was not it for sure. Okay. This is weird because uh, I I was curious. I decided to, okay. You were saying how Netflix, you know, maybe they need a studio intervention. My thought process is that, you know, sometimes a producer could be someone that's like, Hey, you're kind of fucking it up, rain it in a little bit. Um, David Heyman, which I'm pretty sure is the guy who directed like all the later Harry Potter movies. Is that right? Um, primary producer. Okay, was he just a producer? Am I imagining that? Oh, yeah. No, no. He was one of the producers. I'm getting him confused for whoever the fuck was the one person who directed it. Okay, so you got Harry Potter guy as his producer on Marriage Story. And then Noah Baumbach is another producer on Marriage Story. And then White Noise, they add another producer, but there's no reason for me to think that if there's three producers for White Noise, that one producer could really just tank it. So I'm almost thinking, yeah, it might just be like what you read, which is that maybe the book itself just sucks and this man just, this man yeah. made a faithful adoption. 
Yeah, no, that's that that was the thing. It's like, yeah, for anyone who's read this book, this is faithful. It's just not a very interesting book. And I was like, well, that explains a lot. So I don't know. Weird, weird choice. Uh hopefully he bounces back from that because, you know, I mean his Greta's obviously fucking hotter than ever now. So hopefully they can uh I don't know, maybe he just attaches to her name now and fucking <laughs> rides that Barbie train. So I know that they're Netflix movies, so box office really isn't relevant, but it still is interesting to see that Marriage Story, budget of eighteen million. Take a guess as to what the box office was. Uh two million. Uh you are pretty good. Yeah, yeah I will give it to you. Two point three million. Um White Noise, budget of one hundred million. What was the box office? Oh, it had a hundred million budget? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no fucking way. Oh yep, my million. god. I feel like you're about to give this like less a star now. I feel like it now. There's nothing in that movie that felt like a hundred million. Holy shit. Hold on, hold on. You, no, they invented driver studies. Make, did Adam Driver make 84? Did he pay Greta 80 for doing this? Holy shit. Andre 3000 is in it. Did he need 500? Like, I don't. Holy fuck. Wow. Uh no. Okay, I a million. I don't know how much did it fucking make. 80,000. Yeah, holy Thousand. shit. 1000. That's I can't believe this movie was made for 100 million. That's wild. That's wild to me. Listen, wild. Listen, the book the book is very expensive, okay? They had to buy a lot of copies. I just I I don't understand where they spent the 100 million. That's insane to me. Insane. I mean, maybe some of it just went to the budget for Barbie. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Honestly, okay, maybe just siphon some of it. Yeah, good, good, good husband, good husband. Okay. All right. Uh, White noise is a no. That's a Netflix yeah. top ten. I'm dropping it to one and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, halves, Fast X. Yeah. It's <laughs> all you. Oh my god, I was okay. Okay, so. Do you care about spoilers? I'm not asking you. I'm asking people in the audience. Why? Nobody cares Why about fucking you? spoilers for Why this. Yeah. Like, okay, so here's the thing. The whole idea is that Jason Momoa, he is family of a villain that they faced off in one of the earlier movies. And the you know, of course, the favorite one, not just the fan favorite, the overall favorite Fast and Furious movie by every standard is Fast Five. I think six is better, but it's a different conversation. Uh, five is definitely the favorite. And what they do is that the villain of five, while well, he has a son and that son is Jason Momoa and Jason Momoa, he's family and he's going to get revenge on the family and family and family and family and God, Vin Diesel is so up his own ass that I'm pretty sure if he put his head up there, it would just be the word family echoed over and over and over again. Um, anyways, I I joked. By the way, I'm glad I didn't spend any money on this. I'm glad I didn't show up in the theaters for this. My senses were right on this one. Just it felt good to be right. But also it I was there. I was sitting on the couch and I told my wife okay sorry i should probably explain what the beginning of the movie was the beginning of the movie was basically clips 
from Fast Five that they were showing. And oh my god, like Justin Lin understood this series. There was good energy to it. All the action was shot clearly enough that you could follow what's going on. And like I was joking with my wife. I was like, what if this ends up being the best part of the movie? Just scenes from a movie that already exists and that they like would put Jason Momoa in there and be like, ah, he was there the entire time. And then it just ended up being true. I don't remember anything that happens in this movie. Uh, let's see. There is a sister to a character that died in Fast 8 that was introduced. Um, what else? Uh, there is a minor character from Fast 5 that shows up again just to get blown up. Uh, Gal Gadot is back, and so is The Rock. But to be fair, I knew about that even without watching this movie. So, like... I don't even want to give credit to the movie for making me remember that. Um, it has a fucking egregious part one ending where Dom and his son are at the bottom of the Hoover Dam and it's about to get blown up. Like it is it's like it's just like uh, what fucking stupid way are you going to write yourself out of this? It's so weird because at least I can rely on these movies to be stupid. Like uh, the just kind of energetically stupid, and then just kind of lumbering, and like, haha, it's so funny you're doing that. This movie was lifeless. It was boring. I don't understand what happened here. I have to blame the director, Louis Louis Leterrier, or something like that. I don't know, guy who directed The Incredible Hulk. That's the biggest movie he's directed that people would recognize him for. I don't understand. I honestly think that Vin Diesel fired probably Justin Lin, which Justin Lin did leave the project. He still has a credit for like writing it, but I'm pretty sure that he got fired. And just because he Vin Diesel didn't want anyone questioning him or making choices or anything. And it fucking shows because Vin Diesel is still the same fucking problem that he's had this entire time since Paul Walker has dead, been dead. And the problem is, is that he is taking these fucking movies like if they were his Godfather trilogy. And I need him to fucking stop, wake up, and realize you are making a movie where your Dodge Charger falls out of the air to fall on two big-ass army Hummers and your little Dodge-ass charger breaks them like if your car weighs 10 billion tons. Get the fuck over yourself. Stop it. Just finally get Paul Walker's brother to reprise the role of Brian O'Connor and just fucking have fun again. Because Jesus Christ, I'm just... Ugh, just stop doing this. He's just making it so serious. The, the funny thing is, is like, it is... Fast is, like, at least since, like, the fifth one and on, it's all about the group dynamic. But the problem is, is now that they split up, they, they split up half of the fucking group, the entire fucking movie, to go do just complete bullshit that is pointless. It does nothing. All it is is just comedic relief. But the problem is, is that they've been making the same jokes for the last ten years, and they're not funny anymore. So, like, at least if it wasn't funny, you would still at least have the charm of the actors being like, oh, yeah, we're happy. I can't tell if any of these actors are happy anymore. I think they're all here because Tyrese knows that he still has child support to pay. I don't understand. Just, I'm so glad this movie bopped. 
I'm so glad this movie bombed because if fucking Vin Diesel was trying to subject everyone to a fucking trilogy of these, I would not finish it. I would not finish it. They have me for one fucking more. I am done with the next one, and I fucking assure you they're not getting a goddamn dollar out of me for that one. I will do the same thing I did for this one, which is wait until my friend lets me borrow it, because I am... He has been the problem for three fucking movies at this point, and there is no one that's going to be able to tell him no. At least this time, since it seems like this movie bombed and probably isn't going to make its money back, finally someone will probably pull him on his leash and tell him, no, you don't get to do this. I don't fucking care if you're a producer credit. You lost us money, so now we're going to come in and try to fix things. Uh, All I have to say about all of this is that uh, GIF of that uh, African-American gentleman who's trying to hold back laughing and his lips are like just really just like like, just moving around fast because he can't stop laughing because he knows he's about to. That's me during this whole segment. So that's all I have to say. Well, dude, I I knew that you'd be happy about this one. And I can tell you right now, the few times that I would look up to pay attention, I would just like, oh, my God, this movie's still fucking going. Um, Another thing. Uh, another this is this is something that I'm just like Vin Diesel is so trying to fucking kill this series whether he knows it or not it's that John Cena was introduced as his brother in the last one that's fine whatever you gotta have the bullshit where Vin Diesel through his charisma with quotation marks makes everyone want to be family and so John Cena shows up in this movie again and he feels so much like hmm how do i how do i say this did you know that fast and furious has a children's show on netflix did not know okay well anyways it feels very much like john cena is here to remind children that there's a fast and furious tv show uh because he gets paired up with dom's son basically the entire movie and he's very energetic and he's having fun and honestly that was fun like he actually had energy in this movie he seemed like he had fun on screen and i like that and then they give him the stupidest fucking death I've seen in a series that killed a character twice just to bring him back twice. Okay. That's the kind of shit that we're dealing in this series. And I still think this one was the stupidest one. So Dom, right? Dom needs to go and catch up to his son that's been kidnapped. And John Cena, he's driving a car. By the way, keep in mind that like five minutes ago or 10 minutes ago, Vin Diesel drove his car out of a plane to hit two fucking armored vehicles underneath his car and destroys both of those cars and his car is completely fine but john cena's car has a torn gas valve and he's slowly losing fuel i I need you to understand the gravity of this a fucking car fell out of a plane onto two armored vehicles and drove off like nothing but apparently john cena has a bad gas valve on his car i'm telling you right now These movies, none of these fucking cars have had problems in, like, six fucking movies. And one of them went into space, okay? But no, 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 the gas valve is bad on the car. And by the way, none of the people seem like they're chasing John Cena at all. But I am so fucking convinced that Vin Diesel was like, ooh, John Cena looks a little too charismatic. He looks like he's having too much fun. This is my godfather. We can't have you here. So what does John Cena's character do? Oh, man, I got to buy you time. So this man rocket launches his car 
towards the other cars and kills himself. He, by the way, nothing would have fucking changed. Nothing would have fucking changed if he hadn't done that. Honestly, maybe Vin Diesel wouldn't be at the fucking bottom of the of the fucking Hoover Dam if John Cena hadn't done that. But no, no, John Cena, you gotta leave the series, man. I'm sorry you're having too much fun. You gotta get the fuck out of here. It, uh, uh, my score is John Cena to get hit by... No, not John Cena, sorry. My score is that Vin Diesel should get hit by an 18-wheeler out of 10. Oh, I agree with that score. That's mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, just... Uh, it is... Shocking! It is. This is the. This is Fast and Furious's spiral. This is where it's like it. it, it no, you're done. You're done. Perfect. Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, I'm just gonna bundle these three together quickly um, because they're all rewatches. So I'm rewatch block time. Uh, Last of Us TV series. Gonna start with that. I'm rewatching the 4K Steelbook I got. That lovely UK one. Uh, great show. Still really enjoying it. I'm on episode five now, so we'll get back to that soon. Uh, only point I wanted to make is, good lord, it is fucking fantastic on a 4K disc visually. Yeah. Uh, we watch, we had to watch it in Crave in Canada, which is just imagine the worst fucking picture quality you can imagine that's fucking crave it's Americans. like probably just hulu, think of who yeah hulu, hulu for you guys yeah, or hbo go yeah it's it's fucking awful uh so this was just such a nice upgrade it looks beautiful enjoying that uh scream six rewatch because i bought the 4k steelbook for that uh really like it still one of my favorite horror movies of the year i thought it was just a blast it's crazy how awesome that scream franchise continues to be talked about it on an episode who fucking knows when but yeah really enjoyed it still a great movie and then finally i'm sure you'll have some more to say about this too but then oppenheimer was a rewatch for both of us uh this was my third time seeing it i still would like to squeeze into theaters and see it one more time so we'll see if we can make that work next week or not but yeah uh fucking i love it still i think it's incredible it cemented itself in third for me in terms of uh, nolan's filmography and uh yeah i just think it's a wonderful film all right, I will jump off here with Oppenheimer as well. Uh, this was my third rewatch. I'm probably not going to talk about the movie itself because, like, I I love the movie. It's fucking great. Uh, and thankfully, I haven't even found any flaws yet. Uh, instead, I will just be talking about um me going to go watch the movie. So this is my third rewatch. Uh, the first watch was Atmos. Sorry, Dolby Theaters. The second one was just a standard theater, which was fucking insulting because it felt like the speakers were like. Like, imagine if like they just had a whole bunch of iPhones lined up on the walls. That's what the sound was like in that theater. Um, this time, I convinced my cousin, well, two of my cousins, and one of their friends to go to San Antonio so we could watch um, the 70 millimeter IMAX for Oppenheimer. And it wasn't worth it, but that's just more of because man i was tired <laughs> that was an entire day affair i really like this movie i feel like it would have been worth it for a first watch any subsequent rewatches i am glad i did watch it though because there's just something about being able to watch it on film just that little extra film grain i love the little scratches that you get on the actual film itself it kind of just gives it some of that extra grit I, I don't understand how to describe it but i love it uh the other thing i do want to mention though is that i was actually pretty shocked that the audio was as good as it was uh from a point of view i could see someone arguing that the audio for the 70 millimeter imax is the best way to watch it 
because honestly, it's probably the clearest I've heard the dialogue across all three of the showings. The problem is, is that I would still prefer Dolby audio to this because even though if the dialogue feels like it's mixed a little bit worse in the Dolby one, I felt the Dolby audio way harder. Well, not even way harder. I felt it harder than I did in IMAX. But the IMAX audio, you can tell that that was the priority with the way that they were mixing it because you still got a whole bunch of the loud impact, but you also could still hear what they were saying. Um, did I really gleam any new info from it on this rewatch? No, just more of an extra confirmation. Yeah, I really like this movie. Um, I don't really think I have anything else on Oppenheimer. So I do. should I just run through some of the rewatches I have on here too? Yeah, go ahead and do it. All right, so uh, John Wick Chapter 4, got to rewatch it in the theater room. Uh, yeah, no, no, John Wick 4 kicks a lot of ass. I think this time I felt the uh, runtime just a little bit more than I did in theaters, but I almost feel like it's a combination of I've seen it before and that we've had Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible. I, don't, I feel like there's maybe another notable three-hour movie that I'm missing, but I, I'll just say with those that just watching those two movies, those are also three hours, and it feels like those outpace John Wick oh, just a little more. I mean, at least Oppenheimer a little more, but like fucking Mission Impossible is like a breakneck pace. So like it's just almost fair to, to compare anything to that. Uh, but yeah, no, John Wick Chapter 4 is still like a fucking benchmark in action cinema and just a wonderful, wonderful movie that I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that we're here. Would I like more? Yes, but I don't need Chad Stelhelski and Keanu Reeves. I just need another director that's hungry as well as an actor who's willing to put in the work. I just need the influence of John Wick, not just John Wick himself. So, yeah, John Wick Chapter 4, still fucking great out of 10. Yeah, great, great fucking movie. I agree. I'd love to rewatch that. Uh, and before you move on, I just want to quickly mention one thing I forgot to mention during the Oppenheimer section, segment that I wanted to mention. And yeah. that is I'm happy to officially report DB gave it the heart. Let's go. Yes. Good, good. Okay, I'm happy. I didn't really have any doubt or anything like that, uh, but it is always good to see. Uh, unrelated, unrelated. This is the the watch that I did in 70 millimeter IMAX. I knew I wasn't going to convince two of my cousins and their friend to stay for the credits, but I felt really dirty leaving during the credits as that song is playing. Like, I, 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 so I good. fucking love the score for this movie i fucking love it at like God. it is absolutely one of my like okay i say this but if you ask me to name them it might get knocked down i doubt it but it is absolutely a top five score for me just yeah, of all yeah time. no one i definitely think no one has found his guy <laughs> yeah which look Hans zimmer we're never gonna knock the man down because like he no, gave me right. interception and interstellar but you know sometimes you're getting hans zimmer Sometimes you're getting the intern formerly known as Hans Zimmer. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, just Ludwig Gorson. I'm not going to look up his name. I'm so sorry. But you made something 
beautiful and just you know it's funny because this time i started picking up on the music more that like it's telling the story of the movie like you start hearing at the very beginning like these very orchestral you hear this very strong brass like it feels like the music itself is telling the story of quantum mechanics where it's like it starts as this magical science that people are like oh my god we're breaking down the universe and trying to figure out how this works and then progressively the music tends to turn a little bit more horror-ish as it starts getting closer to the bomb and it's just it's one of those little things that like whenever you can tell the the story through the music mm, mm, oh it's just beautiful it's just beautiful so yeah i, I just i just want to give extra praise to that score because it's not one that's going to leave my life anytime soon. Read. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. Rewatches. Do I, I, yeah, no, I know. It's just like, I guess oh, Lost, okay. I'll throw in here. Because, uh, like, yeah, is it a rewatch? Just... Yeah. And then, like, Guardians is a rewatch, technically, at least for two of them. So I'll just knock those out, too. Uh, Lost season four and five, at least four. Uh, I think four might have been the best season so far. Um. It was, what, 12 or 13 episodes. It was the first season after the writer's strike. It felt like they had way more control on set of just being like, no, 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 no. We know what I want. we want our show to be. I Honestly, it probably is a shortened episode because of the writer's strike where they were probably not given as much time to do a full season run. But honestly, that works out for the best because this feels like the tightest season of the show. It feels like there's it does maybe not time wasted because i don't think the show has really ever wasted time i know i'm thinking of the nikki and paolo episodes from season three are those waste of time for the audience yes but also you know they made those episodes to show abc hey listen please let us have an end date or else we're gonna have to make shit up like this so you know it was useful from a certain point of view uh but Season four feels like in an alternate universe where from the very beginning of this show, they didn't have to hit 24 or 25 episodes per season. We could have had just a stronger show that matches way more season four than anything else in the show does, which is funny because like, I also think season four is the moment where the show, the show is always about the question against science versus faith. And I think season four is the one that like yells the absolute loudest what the answer between those two questions are, which kind of makes it funny thinking about how people are mad about the ending of the series. But look, I'll talk about that when we get there. I'm still convinced that the people who there are some people who are angry about the ending that didn't actually even understand the ending that were just like, oh, so you're telling me that it meant this. And it's like. You see, this is the great thing about streaming, because if they're saying something that's really dense, you can just skip back 10 seconds to listen to it again. Uh, you can't do that on live TV unless you had TiVo, which, to be fair, if you've heard of TiVo, you're old. Go get your colonoscopy check. Um, so season five, though, season five, I could see why maybe people don't like it because it is absolutely going insane with the concept that it's presenting. And I'm not going to lie, I fucking love it. I, 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 I just unabashedly love it. I don't feel like it's, it's I, it doesn't feel like to me they need to explain much. Because I am, between the question of science and faith, 
I, I'm going to leave it there. I'm very happy of where the show is landing because I don't feel like I have to stop and question everything because mm, faith. I don't, I don't, I'm already saying too much by just mentioning that, but the faith part is what I actually love about it. And then in that same vein, I am loving just how overtly religious this show is. It feels so different because it feels like being so overt, it still hides it. <laughs> it feels like it's soul punching you in the face with it, yet it still feels like it could sneak by. Like, it's not, it's so weird. It's in your face, but it's not overbearing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm just still really enjoying this show. And yeah, I'm, I might need Blu-ray copies of this. Uh, by the way, I'm just throwing this in here, but I, I didn't write it down. I watched three episodes of The Boondocks with my cousins after um, we came back from San Antonio. It's hot. My car's AC doesn't work that well. So I hung out with them for a little bit before the sun went down just a little more. So my car didn't try to kill me. God, Boondocks is still written so fucking well. I bought all three seasons on DVD earlier today for 15 bucks so yeah i'm probably gonna rewatch that soon too uh but yeah no lost still enjoying that uh anything you want to say before i go to guardians no you're good we've talked about it a lot good show all right so guardians uh now my ranking is the classic ranking that a lot of things have which is two one three uh i am shocked that i like two way more than one now and i think what it is is that if you look at the mcu the movies that kept getting stolen from were avengers guardians and then that's pretty much it dorian can you think of like another one from the mcu that kept getting cribbed from or like would you say that it's mainly those two no, I think it's just those two for the most part. I I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you can consider fucking um, uh, Thor Ragnarok when and what's his name doing his own thing. But that, no, that I would say it. Thor Ragnarok cribbed from Guardians too. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, because like it's funny because like uh, I forgot it was an article that I read so long ago, but Avengers was pretty much ripped off from like even Guardians technically, not really, but technically rips from avengers because the whole idea that avengers had was every other movie you just avengers it you take your character you build a group around them you have you just avengers it so guardians well it's built in there it's a team already so you don't need to avengers them but thor ragnarok you're avenging that because it's thor it's hulk it's loki it's valkyrie you avengers it um the winter soldier captain america Black Widow, uh, Bucky. Um, well, I mean, Bucky's on the other side, but it still feels like it's this small group that you just keep tight. Oh, um, <laughs> Nick Fury. I almost said Guy in Secret Invasion. Jesus, that's how much is leaving my fucking brain. Um, so yeah, Guardians 1. I'm so glad, though, that James Gunn still has so much style that even though no matter how much they cribbed from the first one, it still feels like it's worth watching compared to everything else. I think what made me really like 2 is that it doesn't feel like Guardians 2 has been stolen from at all. So instead of me wanting, oh, just give me more Guardians, I just kind of was like, just give me something. Let's see where we're going with. And Guardians 2 feels 
way more free to do what it wants than one. It, it it's weird because like Guardians Two originally annoyed me with like its comedic drops, where it's like, oh, we're gonna have a serious moment and then we're gonna undercut it. But what I kind of found on this rewatch is that a lot of times, whenever the humor cut in, there are some moments that were a little egregious where I was just like, oh no no no, keep giving me more. I found like no a lot of times whenever the joke cut in i think the presence of a joke annoyed me instead of it bothering me that oh no you cut it off too early so i think what i also liked is that guardians one is kind of like you know it's it's a superhero movie you watch it it's got a whole bunch of action scenes you're never really too bored the pacing keeps going you beat the villain you get to the end hooray wee 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 um guardians 2 the fact that it opens up with an action scene it has what another action scene in space shortly after uh there's rocket basically tearing up a whole bunch of dudes and after that it's just such a long stretch of no action and it's just straight up character building it's something that i didn't realize with like rewatching guardians 1 that like i like these characters i like them and rewatching guardians 2 and just like kind of coming to the realization that now this might not be true for everyone but like <laughs> me watching guardians 2 then to now I have matured a lot when it comes to movies. I don't really need my all-in-one movie because that's what Marvel movies tend to try to be. They tend to try to be your all-in-one movie. You got a little bit of action, you got a little bit of comedy, you got a little bit of motion. $10, thank you, see you for the next one. And there was something about Guardians 2 not feeling like it needed to be all of that. Sure, it has all those pieces, but it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like it lacks confidence in letting some of those moments play out longer. And I really dug like the, the most of that character stuff in this movie. And I was shocked because like, I, I don't know. I think I was just looking for more guardians one. And once I decided to meet the second movie on its terms, I just liked it way more. And then once I accepted that Kurt Russell's villain is fucking awesome like i love how much of a sleazeball he is like he is a terrible fucking he is actually probably like on a emotional level maybe one of the most fucking evil villains in the mcu then again mcu (laughs) villain problem but whatever we're gonna ignore that i think that for a series like mcu is all about daddy issues this is probably the best daddy issues in like all the mcu and again low bar I mean, maybe Thanos is probably the only one that can beat him, but yeah, no, I mean, Guardians 2 was a lot better than I thought, and actually, it might be one that I may want to rewatch again at some point. Um, Moving on to Guardians 3, I'm just going to wrap this one up really quickly. Guardians 3 really got fucked over by Avengers Endgame, uh, or Infinity War, whichever one it was that Gamora dies, but this movie felt very much... It doesn't feel like it was supposed to be an ending, which, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, I would. I'm happy it ended. <laughs> we just don't need to run this to the ground before. Like, we run out of ideas and it's like, oh, well, here's Thor Love and Thunder Guardians Edition. Like, just whatever. Guardians are in Thor Ragnarok. Sh- shut up. I don't fucking care. Um, it, because, like, the movie is so focused on Rocket's backstory. And then Gamora is basically reset. So... It feels like most of the Guardians 
yeah, they're together, but I don't feel like I get as much interplay of all of them together as I did in the first and the second movie. So Guardians 3 almost feels... Now, now I'm stealing this from uh, Red Letter Media because they kind of nailed it perfectly. They said it feels like an episode of Guardians, and that's true because it sort of feels like there isn't... <sighs> It doesn't feel like we're watching something that is going to change these characters forever until literally at the end of the movie when it's like, oh, yeah, we're ending a trilogy. And then that's when it actually feels like things are happening that, you know, like this is the end. So, yeah, no, no. Guardians 3, it's still a good movie. It still works. The villain just being an irredeemable asshole is just something that I'll always appreciate. I don't need you to make it anything complex. Just make it someone that is easy to hate and we're good to go. So, yeah, no, Guardians 3, still good. It's still, like, it's not even just, like, bare minimum MCU shit. Like, I mean, like, no, that's a good movie. Yeah. So, yeah, again, two, one, three. Uh, I'm not going to rewatch these movies, so I, I can't tell you if I'd have a different opinion on them. Um, I, I will say this. I'm colder on three after I've seen it. Uh, I still think it's good. I, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means, but I have zero interest in rewatching that. Um, I think the MCU just in general, I just don't, I can't fucking care anymore. Uh, my ranking though is one, three, two. I, I don't like two, but maybe it would change if I rewatched it. I'll never rewatch it though. It's not yeah, going to happen. I th- I I think you might end up lining up more with me if you ever do rewatch it. I will just say, I don't think you'll have as much fear. Okay, you might walk in with the same fear, but I think your fears will be quelled very quickly if you were to ever rewatch the first one because it's one of those things that like, no, James Gunn still has a touch to him. So like, it's one of those things. If you ever try again, I think you will be pleasantly surprised to see that you aren't sick of it as much as you think it, you are because James Gunn BC allegations. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, I got nine things left still, so I got to speed run some of this shit. Um, there's a couple of them though. I really kind of want to talk about more. So let's just get those out of the way that I can kind of yeah, shit no, no. on the ones. You know what I mean? That I don't care about as much. Yeah, um, no, no. At, at this point, at this point, because of our two hour runtime, it's better if we just front load the stuff that's important. Yeah, and then anything afterwards, who cares? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so on the desk. Uh, directed by Milos Forman. Uh, obviously, the great One Flew Over is the Cuckoo's Nest, Man on the Moon. He's done a lot of good shit. Uh, starring F. Murray Abraham in a role that he won an Oscar for. Uh, Tom Hulci as, of course, the titular Amadeus. Um, this is a fascinating movie. So this was Wait, made hold in up, 15. Hold up. Back up off of the microphone. I feel like it's coming in like kind of like it's, it's peaking a little. Oh, sorry. How, how do I sound now? Uh, a little more. Okay. Hello. There we go. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Good. All right. So Amadeus, uh, this was my 1500th movie. Uh, I decided to log on Letterboxd. So this was the, the titular movie picked for me. And you know, it's interesting, Ed, I, have you ever watched a movie and you, you like the movie? It's a great movie. You can, you, you understand all the praise for it. You think it's fantastic, but you still walk away disappointed. Does that happen to you? <sighs> Because that's me with this movie. It's great. I fucking love it. It's a well done. It's well acted. It deserved all the Oscars it got. F. Murray Abraham is great. But I had so much hype for this movie. And I'm such a fiend for classical music. And I love the unreliable protagonist. Like, I, I make a joke in my letterbox review about that genre. Like, I love when there's an unreliable protagonist. It's like the Texas genre. I like the unreliable protagonists. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the hype was just like, oh, this is going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's not. 
I, it's very good. I, I, it's a great movie, but it just like I was just I was like oh, I was hoping I'd like it even more. Yeah, like weird, right? No, no, I know what you mean. Like, it's one of those things that, like, on paper, it has everything that you love. And then you watch it, and you're like, damn it, something is missing. I was the perfect mark for this, and it missed. It didn't completely miss the mark, but it's like it didn't hit me as hard as it should have. Yeah, and it's still very good. I I don't want anyone to think I'm discouraging this. It's still an 8 out of 10, a 4 out of 5, which for me means it's a great movie. I rewatch. I like this movie. I'd own it. All that shit. So it's still a classic movie. Uh, It just didn't hit quite as hard as I would want it to. Holy shit, it's a fun movie. Uh, It's three hours long. I watched the director's cut version of this. So three hours long. We got another three-hour bad boy here. Um, F. Murray Abraham is incredible in this movie. Uh, Definitely deserved his Oscar nomination and win. Um, And this really is his story. I know the movie's called Amadeus, which is kind of, again, a joke of this entire movie. But the movie is about Soleri and uh, his rivalry with Amadeus and just kind of the rumors that he poisoned him. Uh, And it it plays it all out in such an entertaining fashion. Is half of this shit true? I highly doubt it, but that doesn't make a difference. It's just so entertaining. It's so fun to watch. Uh, Tom Holchi is just perfect as Amadeus. He plays him as such a dork and such an unlikable jackass, uh, which is perfect because that's how he should look coming from Solari as the unreliable protagonist. Like, he makes him look bad, right? Because that's how he felt about him. And it's just brilliantly done. And it's so smart, but he just makes him look like a complete doofus that basically stumbles into all the success when you know we know that's not true mozart's one of the most incredible and famous composers of all time so it's fucking funny it's well done it's well made and you know uh, sleeping on it i watched this last night i actually like it even more like i I am more positive on it than i was originally but uh yeah it's a great movie and uh, definitely worth watching okay so i've been scrolling through my list and i feel like i'm sometimes a mark for parent shit and space and I finally landed on something that fits that criteria, gravity. I oh, feel like yeah. I should have been an easy mark for yeah. gravity. Yeah, well, especially that director, too. I love uh, I love Curiano as well. Yeah. But, yeah, that movie did nothing for me, too. I'm with you there. Yeah, so I think that's maybe the closest analog I've got. Um, yeah, no, no. I, Amadeus, I will absolutely get to it at some point. I am a slut for music. That feels like another one. Oh, that, the, like, score, if, the score is incredible, too. Let me just point that up it's all mozart so of course it is so yeah no no no. uh amadeus will be watched at some point honestly because uh i've told you about cinefix before right yeah 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 Yeah, so one of their top 10 lists are fucking great it's not just watch mojo like garbage like just watch this and whatever i love their top 10 list because their top 10 lists are pretty much like reliable I need recommendations. Tell me what's good. And they had like a trio of top 10 lists that I fucking love. It was like uh, music parts in a movie or like diegetic moments of music in a movie. And one of the moments that they included was Amadeus. And I think it's I, I know the scene because of this uh when they're composing at the end and uh Mozart. It's Mozart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever Mozart's already deaf. They mentioned that scene as a moment, and when I saw that shit, I was like, that's fucking awesome. I want to watch that. So, yeah, I don't know. Amadeus will be watched at some point out of time. Yeah, great movie. You'll you'll definitely enjoy it when you get to it, I feel. Uh, Rock Solid 8 out of 10 for me still. Great movie. Still liked it a lot. 
All right. Uh, am I going next, or did you want to knock it? Uh, I've still got more, so let me bang out a couple more here quick that I really okay. wanted to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Dragon Quest Eleven. Actually, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Um, so I'm gonna put this in air quotes. So everyone, imagine your air quotes. But I have finished it. Uh, I am done. Um, here's the thing with this game. So this game's comprised of three acts. Uh, act, when I finished Act Two, rolled credits on that, uh, and when you do roll credits, it's about 52 hours into the game. You get a good ending. You feel satisfied by that. It's not like other games where, you know, like Automata, for instance, you roll ending A. I would not I would not feel with um, Automata that I was comfortable with the ending of ending A. Like, I definitely feel like I would want to play more. And unfortunately, with Dragon Quest XI, uh, I, I wouldn't say I was done with it at that point. But I was like, no, I could stop here and be content. But everyone was like, no, there's an act three. So I continued to play on. And that's when like, I didn't like the story decisions they were starting to make. I definitely had issues there. You know, I'm a big, big, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when they do the whole trope of, uh, you know, somebody dying and they bring them back to life. I fucking hate that trope so goddamn much. And Japan is so fucking guilty for that all the time. And they do that in Act 3 right at the start of it. So I'm like, oh, you're already fucking losing me there. And then, you know, you kind of can go to the final boss right away, but he kicks your ass. It's like, okay, that's fair. So you grind, you do some other stuff. I ground, grinded a lot. I did all the side content. I go back to the final boss. Not even fucking close, man. I'm getting wiped by him so fucking hard. So I'm like, okay, let me look up some guides i look up guides these guys are like yeah you gotta grind for these like rare weapon drop rates and get all these items which i didn't have to like increase your chance of getting them and then you gotta get these and i'm just like you know what i'm fucking done i'm sorry i'm just not doing any of that so i was just disappointed and i still like the game overall especially those first two acts but i had to call it there for my own sanity i watched the ending on youtube and honestly i just wish i stopped at act two all right uh i kind of wish you were more negative out of 10 that's fair enough uh, i just tried turning <laughs> down my gain a little bit uh you can cut this out but yeah like i'm pretty far away from my mic right now so i don't know what's going on but i tried turning down my gain so hopefully that helps with the peaking yeah hopefully uh okay yeah. all right next uh, one, one. More. sorry it, let, oh, let me do okay. one more quick. yeah i'm gonna do one more because this is like the last thing i, I semi give a shit about to talk about mm-hmm. and then i can kind of bolt through everything else after but i just yeah. wanted to talk about conquer's bad fur day because this is in fact one of my favorite video games of all time from a nostalgia standpoint replayed this for the wonderful backlog brain rod and their uh collectathon club great podcast check it out much better than uh anything either of us do i think in general. okay hold on hold on uh, an hour to kill is good no 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 it is anyway. better it is better still okay. than an low, hour low to kill bar, but like low bar yeah. that's like saying like hey this movie's better than uh fucking what was i gonna say Not one crushing. tree hill tree of life is what i was gonna say um but one tree hill I mean, is either one would be true in your statement uh one tree What's hill one tree? is a cw show right that's what that was god that was a piece of shit why do i why did i just randomly remember that okay hold on, hold on, hold on. i'm gonna pause you right there just just because it's 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 relevant but not really my wife is watching the oc and like oh god like i haven't been paying attention to a single fucking thing all i know is that charles widmore from lost the same actor is in oc so like yeah. my wife has just been like oh yeah so charles widmore has an illegitimate <laughs> child yeah no charles widmore has cancer now and i'm just like bro charles widmore had a hard life no wonder he wants the island <laughs> oh my god you know oc was trash man it wasn't bad like it was a terrible but yeah it's trash it's like uh it's like nip tuck to me the that's funny one thing of those is, shows 
my wife is just watching this because she wants to understand the ooh, what you say in context. Oh, God, yeah. Worth it, because that means great. Uh, okay. <laughs> Back, back to Conquer, which probably they, they parodied, parodied this somewhere in there, too. But yeah, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. This is a 2001 platform game on Nintendo 64. One of the last uh, games published by Nintendo, actually, for the Nintendo 64. Uh, of course, starring the titular Conquer made by Rare. This game is just so fascinating in so many different ways. Like, I just love the story about this game, how, you know, originally it was this very cute platformer called Conquer's Tales or whatever. And then Banjo-Kazooie is being made by a different team at Rare and absolutely, like, destroys this game. Like, it's so much better in, in every way. Rare plays this game. And they're like, yeah, this game sucks compared to Banjo. Like, we're not going to release it like this. Like, you guys got to do something. So they're like, okay, uh, how about we just completely turn this game into, like, a totally rated M adult only game and with a bunch of movie parodies. And they're like, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And so it became a thing. And it was very shocking at the time. Nintendo was oddly on board with it. They were cool with everything. They're like, yeah, just take out the Pokemon reference and you're good. That was literally <laughs> their only note. There's just don't make fun of Pokemon. And then everything else was fine. Uh, but yeah, this game's famous. It has like so many different movie references in it. Like th th there's, there's so like, speaking of Stanley Kubrick, there's a fucking eyes wide shut reference in here i mean <laughs> nothing is off limits in this fucking game it literally just rips from everything and i just find that hilarious it's obviously got some of that early platformer jank it doesn't play super great but i just put a blindfold on for all that shit and i can enjoy these types of games uh it's super unique it's funny it's hilarious it's the great mighty poo and uh yeah i think we're gonna do a special episode on over there so i'll get to blather about it more and give it all the love there but uh, this is definitely one of my favorite nostalgia games from childhood and and uh, I highly recommend uh, checking it out if you're into that sort of thing. All right. Uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day is one that I feel like I am interested enough to totally lie to myself about playing it. <laughs> look, look I, I'm very honest about just knowing like no, there's, for sure. there's never going to be enough time for me to connect my Xbox to play it. And just like. Yeah. Oh. For sure, hundred percent. But I will say, if you if you never if you ever get to the point where you're just like, yeah, this is never gonna happen, go on YouTube and just pull up like a like a like a, like a reel of like all the movie parodies in it because it's hilarious and shocking how many they managed to squeeze into this game. As as a fellow movie lover, I think you'll quite enjoy that. Appreciate that I, aspect of it. I will say this that I will appreciate the Matrix reference, just making Conquer look like a school shooter. So yeah, the Matrix so, shit so, like, is so good. Like accidentally becoming even more offensive. Wonderful. It, it, like the game just completely goes off the rails and like the near the end, but it turns into saving private ride and then jumps right to the matrix. It's like, what the fuck am I even doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so one of my favorites, definitely a classic. Uh, check it out. That, that's all I have to say. Nine out of 10 for me. All right. Uh, I have to connect an Xbox to play it out of 10. Um, so uh, ignoring that because you killed my transition, I was going to say, yeah, speaking sorry. about Square Enix. Oh, God. Final Fantasy 16. Hey, that's a good game. When I stop paying attention for a good majority of it and just go sword, sword, slash, slash, I got the power of the phoenix. I'm a gigantic bastard. I'm a fucking punch you. We're in space. Yeah, no, this game only annoys me the more I think about it. The more I'm just like, man, I just kind of, God, I should have given up on the story so much earlier. But also, like, I'm not joking. That one fight 
with with B in space. There we go. We're gonna keep vague. That fight is so fucking good that I swear to God, if I had dropped a save that was right before that, I probably would just keep this game just so I could actually hold on. Wait a minute. Now that I say this out loud, I actually have a couple of saves that are before that. I might pop in this game and reinstall it and see if I can get that save back just so I can get myself right up to that point and then just upload that to PlayStation Plus. God damn it, I'm glad I talked it out because if not, I wouldn't remember that. But yeah, this game was fun and I just... I, can we get a Final Fantasy 16 2? Look, I'm ready to meet you on the terms that I need. You make a sequel, I'm just going to skip through everything. I'm going to be so much more positive on you. Yeah, I, uh, I like this game like quite a lot. So, By the way, so um, all, all of it leading up to this, you were very excited to go into spoilers, so I don't know if you want to do that still. No. i'm done talking about this game so no and and to be fair to be fair i've i've already seen your uh i don't mean this in a bad way but i what i wanted to ask you you've talked about so i'm good Uh, well i'm well now i'm i'm hold on okay Uh, three okay you you fucking love this game you ride or die for this game you're willing to give it roadhead at for this game um cool we're good me look you play it you're gonna enjoy it uh your mileage may vary on the story just be ready to accept that nothing's gonna change your mind depending on how you feel about the story if you like it at the beginning congrats you're gonna like it at the end do you like the do you hate it at the beginning congrats you're gonna fucking hate it by the end three two one bahamut fight alone makes me so happy i fucking played this that that alone who fucking boy, I'd keep this game if I just had a save to go back and play the Bahamut fight again. I'd bump up my sound system all the way to fucking 80. I don't think my my sound system can even hit 80. I think it's like 79.5, the highest that I can go, because I have fucking 11 speakers connected to it. I would play that shit again like once a week, all right? Fucking incredible. Go ahead and tell say what you're going to say. Uh, But what? No, 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 whatever you were going to ask that you said no, that I, I was just, I, just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know if you thought Clive was dead. Oh. Yeah, that, that was it. <sighs> Is Clive dead? I don't know. Wasn't there one? Wasn't Sid just walking around with Stonehand? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's the question is how fast like I mean I mean here's the thing by the time that book is written he's dead like that is so many fucking you could tell that's like way in the future like the, the icons are thought to be a, like a fairy tale so by that point of whoever wrote that book he's definitely dead by that because I feel so that's so fucking far in the future that it doesn't matter my thought is ending yeah exactly my, my thought is that he probably dies on that beach but uh, or shortly after no, maybe not on the beach itself. But I don't think he does live very long after that. But I I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those whole it, it's the whole inception fucking does the top keep spinning or not? It doesn't matter. Like it, it it really does not matter at the end of the day because Dom's accepting his reality. Why am I spoiling Inception right now? Fuck me. I don't know. I'm tired. Oh, what? Okay. If you haven't seen Inception, <laughs> if you haven't seen Inception, fuck you. Go watch it. Ooh, uh, spoiler, whatever. We didn't spoil all the cool action scenes in the movie. <laughs> but yeah no it, it doesn't matter it's 
it's it's but i was just curious that was all but yeah we're good i don't know man like i i could swear that there were characters that had like stone hands and it's like yeah you know like maybe don't use some more some more magic you already lost your hand you'll probably lose more shit after that i don't know like there's probably gonna be dlc there's probably gonna i mean hopefully if square enix is disappointed in the sales for this they'll green light 16 2 and then just keep going it so they don't have to create a new engine uh, sounds so, like square enix you know the funny thing is is that if they make a 16 2 you know goddamn well i'm gonna be like this is so much better because i know i'm gonna walk in just knowing what i have to do now blocked and deleted <laughs> but yeah um yeah no, no just, just straight up bahamut alone i i know that it's the one thing that i keep saying but that's because i just i really want to focus on the positives because I could just go on endlessly complaining about everything else, about how the game has a zero pacing, and then it just has a seven, and then an eight, and a nine, and a ten, and eleven, and twelve, and it's like, oh, you are really dialing this shit up now. So, yeah, but no, I, just, I just want to focus on Muhammad, and God, what a fucking incredible fight. I lost my goddamn mind when we went to space. That is so fucking insane. You got these gigantic monsters fighting in space. You got this big-ass dragon that's about to destroy the fucking planet. Why not? It's awesome. Yeah, it was peak. Absolutely peak. I fucking love that fight so much. All right. So uh, you, you, you kill things out of 10. I don't, I don't know. Um, you go ahead for yours. Yeah, I got like, fuck, so much left still. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, quickly, Wait, no, 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 no. I was saying your score. Oh, score 10 out of 10. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to go ahead and try this one. Uh, I'm throwing this in here really quickly. Final Fantasy sure. Type-0 HD. Uh, it's a PSP game. Uh, it's still a PSP game. I lost my window of when I would have enjoyed this game, which is on the PSP when there was an English patch for it. Yeah, no, no, no. This is not the game for me. I'm going to sell this. No. Just no, no, no. No. Goodbye, Final Fantasy Type-0. I have nothing to say about you. Good, good. Uh, I will throw this in here as well just to get it out of the way. Wolfenstein, The Old Blood. I played you for a little bit. This is hitting right, but I'm sorry you got upstaged by the PSVR 2. I swear to God, I'm going to get back to you. You're fun. Yeah, I got to play that. Uh, Poot sent it to me. Shut up, Poot. Uh, I played uh, the first one. Uh, not, not The Old Blood, but whatever the fucking... New, the fuck new Order. New Order, thank you. Uh, great game, so I can't wait to play Old Blood at some point. I will do it. All right, start running through because I have like three things left. All right, I got... Six. Cool. Coffee Talk. Uh, this is a game where you play as a barista in a futuristic world where all species and stuff are living together. It was fun. Parrot gifted this to me. Shout out, Parrot. Thank you so much. I need something chill to come off of goddamn Dragon Quest Eleven and that disappointment at the end. Uh, I enjoyed this. It was a good time. It's a three out of five for me. All right. You got six, man. So keep going. Oh, you don't have a score for Coffee Talk? I don't. Oh, coffee. You're right. Oh, man. Coffee talk. I like iced coffee. My score is I like iced coffee out of 10. That's way too high. You wouldn't enjoy this game. All right. Uh, moving on. Kung Fu Panda. Hiya. Kung Fu Panda. We got Jack Black being a panda. Oh, movie. Yeah, the, I the thought it was. Movie. I you were talking about the fucking game. I was like, "Why no, did you no, play no, I'm, I'm, the game?" No, the movie. The movie. This was a fun time. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that people rate this so highly. I didn't think it was that good, but it was fun, and I had a decent time with it. I'm also just not a giant Jack Black fan, so I feel that may be part of it. But definitely worth watching and a delightful movie. All right. Remember that the DreamWorks curve is a thing where, like, if they make something that's good, it's like, "Oh shit, that was great." Yes. True. All right. Uh, uh, I have I, beef I, with Kung Fu Panda just because I refuse to believe oh, something oh. called Kung Fu Panda can be good out of 10. 
there. The platform. Uh, the only reason I watched this movie was uh, because it got like, not recommended, but it popped up on like a, a thing when I was scrolling through stuff on TikTok, and it's like you should watch this horror movie. And there was like something interesting in that scene, so I was like, fuck it, I'll add it to my watch list. And then it came up while I was randomly looking through stuff on Netflix to watch. Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was solid. The ending was kind of a little bit dumb, but it was an interesting allegory about how you know people class classism and how that shit works. Basically, it's this giant prison with like a hundred different floors you start with food on the top and then it goes all the way to the bottom and whoever has leftovers can eat and when you get to the bottom levels obviously you're starving and dying uh it was an interesting idea bash you over the head a little bit too much of the inning sucked uh three out of five you said so much i don't remember what the topic was I'll do one more here then. Let's talk about Mommy. Uh, this is a Canadian film from a director that's a douchebag. Uh, the no. movie itself is pretty good, though. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely got some flair to it. The movie pissed me off because the aspect ratio was one-to-one, -one, and that really annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> but spoilers, it kind of made sense, so I won't spoil it. But yeah, it's there's a reason for it. Anyways, movie itself, solid. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's an interesting look at, you know, mental health and stuff like that uh, i don't think it was amazing though i think it's a little bit overrated but uh it's a good time i enjoyed it yeah mommy i never heard of you probably will forget about you after the recording is done out of 10 cool i got two left you go do one now okay all right so uh primer i watched primer uh i'm not gonna lie uh, no, not, no, i watched this one movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry <laughs> no wait, wait what'd you say oh my, i just i mean we're so clenched on time and this is like the most fucking confusing movie in the universe we do not have enough time for this one no trust me no 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 you, you, no no don't worry <sighs> wasn't gonna say much overall because no, here's the thing funny. It, it's just funny because how confusing that fucking movie is i'm just I'm just laughing it's a great movie Look, though it's good I'm still really confused. Okay, because here's the thing. I was not helping my situation. Could I have rented Primer? Yes. Was Primer for free on YouTube as well? Yes. Did I watch the free one? Yes. Did it fuck me over because it was auto-generated captions and my deaf ass couldn't really understand most of what they were saying? Yes. So did I somehow make this complicated movie even worse for me? Yes. Did I still enjoy it? Yes. Um, I'm not going to lie. I just kind of like as soon as it started clicking with me what the entire premise of the movie was, I was like, I don't really understand how it works. That's fine. I'm just along for the ride and along for the ride. I was and I rather enjoyed it. Uh, do I understand it? Did I see a chart that explains it or like what the conceit of the movie is? Yes. I think I need to look at it again because I still don't really understand how it works, but it's got something going on and I kind of dig it. That's all I got. Primer, that's a free movie on YouTube. I'm deaf at a 10. Yeah, I gave it a three out of five. That three out of five was just because I was salty because I was so confused. It's better than that. And <laughs> I got to rewatch it at some point. It's a good movie. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Okay. So my next one, and then I can finish up with the last thing. Uh, the dark crystal, uh, on my letterbox, I rated this. I mean, the the review that I gave it is uh, better than the sum of its parts. The movie. Uh, I think that on paper, the Dark Crystal is just a kind of a generic uh, hero's journey. But the thing is, is that in execution, it is so much artistry put on display. All the puppets, all the set design, uh, just the way that the movie is shot itself, the use of matte paintings. Just this is a visual effects feast it is just insane that they were able to do like i mean of course you could probably only do this in the 80s because at some point there would have
would have been some sort of CG that was thrown in. I love at some point that you can tell that the puppets were sopped out with uh, like uh, probably children or small women uh, to do some of the actions that were maybe a little bit too complicated for a puppet. So you can see that their action is a little smoother. At some point, I could see some of the wires in it. It is a movie that feels like it is so complicated to make that whenever you see cracks in it, it doesn't feel like it breaks your immersion. It feels like those cracks are impressive because you don't notice them everywhere. Uh, the Dark Crystal is a wonderful movie that honestly feels like it was robbed from being able to become a big IP. And even with like, I like the movie. I like it. I don't really love it. Uh, so there are some people who probably watch the Netflix series and feel like they were absolutely stabbed in the gut because of it. I understand even as someone who liked the movie, just liked it. I can feel why all of you feel like you're pissed and feel like you were robbed because the Dark Crystal feels like it was it deserves so much more. That's my score. I haven't seen this movie. Watch it at some point. Mm, all right. Uh, I only have one thing left, so go for it. I got two, so I'll do one right now. Uh, about time. This was a wonderfully suggested movie from me from good old Mac in our Mac and Clown and Moose collection of fucking Hulk suggestions for each other. Yeah, Hulk Hawk Exchange. Thank you. Uh, great, great movie. Definitely great. I, I, it's insulting to call this movie a romantic comedy because it's so much better and clever than that, but it is kind of a romantic comedy in ways. Uh, it's just really well made, really well shot. It's basically about a guy who finds out he can time travel one day and that's just a secret for males in his generation and he uses it to fall in love uh very sweet it's like a warm hug this is something you could watch whenever you're in a bad mood and it would cheer you up great movie all right the fact that it being a rom-com and it's something that you like it lets me know okay if it even broke through for you i may have to put it on my list so about time uh highest probably it has the highest chances of everything that we've talked today of me actually watching it out of 10 yeah i actually think you would genuinely enjoy it it's a good movie it's an eight, eight right. out of ten for me. I really liked it. All right. What's your last thing? Because mine is like the PSVR two block, so I don't know. Yeah. Mine's Blue Valentine, and I got a meme I want to do. So, and I don't need much time for it. So you can do yours. Okay. So PSVR two. Uh, I got a PSVR two for two fifty. Uh, I bought it off of a cop, so it felt really weird that both of the people part of this deal were packing heat. But that's okay. Whatever. We got the deal. We got the headset. Great deal. Uh, so I played Tetris Effect in it. Tetris Effect. It's awesome. It was a great way to see, okay, yeah, this is so much better than the PSVR 1. The funny thing is, is that I have two games for the PSVR 2. Uh, one is Tetris Effect. The other one is Gran Turismo 7. So neither of them are using the little cool controllers that come with it. And the problem is, is that my cheap ass does not let me buy any digital game that is over $20. So all the games that are actually VR that I'm interested in are more than $20. So I'm not buying you because I don't actually own you. I am paying you just so I don't have to hack my console and pirate it, okay? That's the way I look at digital games. Anyways, Tetris Effect, good. GT7, um, I was playing it in VR. It is sick. I'm playing it on my DualSense Edge. I'm using the little paddles on the back to shift gears. And I was like, man, yeah, these pedals feel good, but I kind of wish I had a full setup. So what did I do? I started shopping for a setup, and once again, me and my deals, I was able to buy a wheel and some pedals for $100. I want you to understand right now, the headset I got for $250. The headset is $550 retail. 
I bought the wheel and pedals for $100. The wheel and pedals are $300 retail. So I am already doing really fucking good. I have lower expectations, probably because of the money that I've spent. And I've been having fun playing just GT7. Uh, I think I'm going to probably rebuy Resident Evil 8 so I can play it in VR. And I think my opinion on the game is going to increase tenfold if I do that. And then I'm waiting for the Resident Evil 4 VR mode for that. Um... What else? Synapse is a game that I'm looking at that I really want to pick up, but also $35. Can't really do that. Synapse looks like a really cool game. Uh, you can shoot people in one hand and you can use psychic powers on the other to grab people and throw them. And that looks fucking sick. By the way, that clacking, it's because I'm holding the controllers and it makes me kind of happy. Like these are actually really comfy. Uh, so yeah, the GT7 with the wheel and pedals, it is fucking awesome. I bought a shifter. It showed up today. Tomorrow, the stand shows up, and I can't wait to play it with a full setup VR headset. Uh, it is actually very cool that my real-life driving skills are translating over to cars that are a little slower. But as soon as I try to drive a Supra, that like I've never driven a sports car in my life, I did not know what the fuck I was doing. And that is awesome, and it's clicking that part of my brain that likes the competition. So yeah, PSVR 2 for a 250, that thing is great. I'm having fun for 550. <laughs> Out of 10. Xbox wishes out of 10. <laughs> God damn right. X, where's HoloLens? Xbox, <laughs> go home. No, that's not super fun, man. I, I want to play more Gran Turismo every time you talk about it. I had a good time playing that game. I got like 20 hours of it. I had my fill. I had fun, but uh, I might go back to it at some point. It's a great game. Dude, literally just go back. If you watch the G uh, Gran Turismo trailer that's on there, they give you a free GTR. Ooh, okay, okay. We're cooking. We're cooking. Might do that. Yeah, all right. So that, that's all I got. I'm not going to talk more. Go for it. Cool. So Blue Valentine. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've come to talk with you again. Uh, another one of just because telling you. It'll be sad. Yep, that's, that's you like. really all I have to say, honestly. I was, uh, I, I was pretty emotionally void by the end of this movie. Yeah just that walk away at the end of the movie yeah 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 no that uh that was a kick in the balls i was just like oh yeah i, I don't like how this is feeling oh boy you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna chase after him hey eh? okay oh oh wow yeah okay let me just uh let me just shoot myself in the head with a shotgun that would be great <laughs> Yeah, no, no, Thanks. this movie will want make you Cobain. Um, so I remember watching this 2010, 2011, and I think I last watched it, I think when the show was already going, but don't quote me on that. It was definitely within like the last five years, though. Uh, so I watched it definitely early on. Uh, well, you know, no, I didn't watch it with my girl, then girlfriend, now wife. I didn't watch that. Uh, but still, it gave me that feeling of, the last time I watched it, I'm just looking at her and going, love is dead, isn't it? Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's the type of movie where if you're not currently in a, well, I mean, maybe if you, even if you are in a relationship that's not super strong, you're just going to watch this movie and you're like, you know, maybe we should just call quits right now. <laughs> no, no, the problem <laughs> is you could be in a strong relationship and still look at it like, yeah. if they could make it work, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very hard to watch. Shout out Ryan Gosling, man. You just, you, you, you all the memes about the guy he's a great fucking actor yeah. uh, and just very good here yeah no no ryan gosling really is just the man who's capturing the entire male experience it really is man it's so good and you know i'm glad he was knuff and got to really you know to, to drive that home in the barbie movie but uh 
Yeah, this is this is just a step above that in terms of heartbreak for my old boy Ryan Gosling. This one, this one's hard to watch. Great movie. Uh, fuck if I'll ever watch it again, though. That's that's for sure. But uh, definitely worth a watch once if you want uh, your heart broken. I want you, I want you to add a list on Letterbox of it's sad. I like. Yeah, it's sad. I like or like uh, once and never again. We can we can make a, a good uh, a good that's top good twenty list. off of. Yeah, we could make a good top 20 off of that for sure. But it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. I like for sure. I wonder if I put waves in there. You would. You would. I, it's, yeah. I, I said I like. Wave, wave, wave is a little bit more uplifting at the end, though. This yeah, but also, but. It, yeah, but the thing is that the movie breaks you so it can rebuild. Yeah. You still yeah, have broken. Which, which is what makes waves so good. Fuck, I got to watch waves again soon. That's a great movie. We need, we need a 4K. 4K. Where you, yeah, where give me a fucking for a, 4K of that. Has this said about 4K? What's that? Has Disc Father said anything about a 4K for that one? Or am no, I imagining that? Oh, no, no. I mean, it's A24 owned, so they would have to do something in their shop. And I mean, they did do an, uh, a little exclusive thing for Krisha, which is one of other, uh, w- which is another one of Trey Edward Schultz movies. So maybe one day, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I so. I really can't wait for my wheel stand to get here tomorrow. I'm going to be playing GT properly, and I'll report back on the, for that the next episode. Yeah, I'm just going to be playing more visual novel shit. So look forward I'm to that. Disgusted? <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to you watching different <laughs> movies. I don't. I don't want to hear about that. Uh, right. We're going to watch Pi tonight, so look forward to Pi. All right, I may watch The Tree of Life tomorrow. I, I don't know. Like that that feels like a movie that if I pause, it probably won't hurt my soul because it's so like n- like no structure anyway. So it hurt my it hurt my fucking soul. <laughs> okay, all right, we're good. We're good. End card. Hey, look at you! You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.